You'll turn in your Bibles right now to 2 Kings 5. We're going to look at the story of Naaman today. Naaman, and he was a proud, valiant warrior. And we're also going to look at the, the story of a lesser-known character in 2 Kings 5, a little humble little servant girl. And she's really the hero of the story as we look at it in just a moment. I hope you'll pick that out. I do want to say a word or two. You know, as we, as we progress in, as a church and as, a, as really human beings, I, I'm never ceased to, I, I'll never cease to be amazed at the, the naivete and the energy and the, the passion of children. And I love uh, what happened this week around this place. I, I know I'm getting a little older. I'm enjoying the grandparent years now. But I knew I was older when um, the group from Olton came to pick up all those decorations that were up here. They, they're going to use them this week. And the director of VBS was the wife of a, a young boy who was in VBS when I was at Olton pastoring there. He was nine. He's 34 now. And, and I was just thinking, Lord, I've been in this a long time. And I've been in it a long time and haven't ever really experienced all the, the wonderful joy that we just experienced this last week. And it happened because of volunteers who gave of their time and their energy and their talents and their compassion and, and, and their, their love for children wanting to share the gospel. So thank you once again for doing that. And all of us have a part in that. I know many of you prayed for all of that to happen and many of you supported, encouraged, gave, all those things. It doesn't happen without us being open and receptive. Uh, to the Spirit of God. So God has been working this last week. I hope He'll continue. I know He will if we'll be open to His working today. So we're looking at how we, we simplify things, and it's not really all that complicated. We see that in the story in 2 Kings 5. Uh, a very smart man once said these words. He said, if the solution or when the solution is simple... When the solution is simple, God is answering. And I don't know what it is that concerns you today, but when the solution to that problem is simple, it very well could be God. God answering whatever concerns you today. And so this message is a very simple message Message. I've been teaching fifth and sixth grade boys this week, so I've learned to simplify a lot of things. But we all need it, don't we? We all need simplification. And so this story about this proud warrior named Naaman and this humble servant girl who we don't even know her name, it come together and God works through her to help reach him when he doesn't even have a clue he needs reaching to begin with. A guy who's trying to buy or earn his way toward healing and wholeness and salvation. And a, a young girl who's looking and trusting and sharing the Lord with him. And so that's the story we get to. And we look at how humility in this passage, how humility and faith are the key ingredients to all of Really, life, salvation, and wholeness, and healing. And I know this about this group and about myself, that we live in this broken world. 
and we ask ourselves the question that's on, on that green uh, outline, that bulletin on the back page. It says, why would, why would God allow suffering in our world? And the question is really the wrong question. I can't fully bring all the answers to that in just this short period of time. And even if I could, I'm not sure I had the mental capacity to answer all the questions that you might have. But the question is the wrong question. It's not the question of why would God allow suffering in our world? But the question is, why does He allow it in His world? Because it is His world. And it's broken. And he didn't break it. But he is in the process, even now, of fixing it, of redeeming it. And so that's what we're going to look at in this story together. It's uh, 19 verses. We're going to look at the first, about 16. So we're going to stop after verse 16. Uh, Maybe, yeah, 16 will be it. And so would you stand and honor the reading of God's holy word? It's going to be a little longer, so if you have trouble standing, we understand that. And we look at the New Living Translation of 2 Kings 5, page 311 in that black Bible. If you need a Bible, a copy of that in in front of you. The king of Aram, that's Syria, had great admiration for Naaman, the commander of his army, because through him, the Lord had given Aram... Great victories. But though Naaman was a mighty warrior, a mighty man of valor, he suffered from leprosy. And at this time, Aramean raiders had invaded the land of Israel, and among them captives was a young girl who had been given to Naaman's wife as a maid. One day the girl said to her mistress, I wish my master would go to see the prophet in Samaria. He would heal him of his leprosy. So Naaman told the king what the young girl from Israel had said. Go and visit the prophet, the king of Aram told him. I will send a letter of introduction for you to take to the king of Israel. So Naaman started out carrying as gifts 750 pounds of silver, 150 pounds of gold. Now at $1,892 per ounce, that's about $3.5 million in our current currency. And 10 sets of, of clothes, about $5 million altogether. And then here's a few sets of clothes. We think, a few sets of clothes? Why does he throw that in there? Well, that's, in that day, that would have been like a garage full of Rolls Royces. It was valuable. So as we look at this, verse 6 says, the letter to the king of Israel said, with this letter I present my servant Naaman. I want you to heal him of his leprosy. And when the king of Israel read the letter, he tore his clothes in dismay and said, am I God that I can give life and take it away? Why is this man asking to heal someone with leprosy, asking me to heal someone with leprosy? I can see that he's just trying to pick a fight with me. But when Elisha, the man of God, heard that the king of Israel had torn his clothes in dismay, he sent this message to him. Why are you so upset? Send Naaman to me, and he will learn that there is a true prophet here in Israel. And with that, know that there is also a true God. So Naaman went with his horses and chariots 
and waited at the door of Elisha's house. But Elisha sent a messenger out to him with this message, Go and wash yourself seven times in the Jordan River. Then your skin will be restored and you'll be healed of your leprosy. But Naaman became angry and stalked away. I thought he would certainly come out to meet me, he said. I expected him to wave his hand over the leprosy and call on the name of the Lord his God and heal me. Aren't the rivers of Damascus, the Abana, and the Farpar better than any of the rivers of Israel? Why shouldn't I wash in them and be healed? So Naaman turned and went away in rage. But his officer tried to reason with him and said, Sir, if the prophet had told you to do something very difficult, wouldn't you have done it? So you should certainly obey when he says simply, Go and wash and be cured. So Naaman went down to the Jordan River and dipped himself seven times as the man of God had instructed him. And his skin became as healthy as the skin of a young child. And he was healed. And then Naaman and his entire party went back to find the man of God and they stood before him and and Naaman said, Now I know that there is no God in all the world except in Israel. So please accept a gift for your, from your servant. But Elisha replied, As surely as the Lord lives, whom I serve, I will not accept any gifts. And though Naaman urged him to take the gift, Elisha refused. Oh, Father, teach us about the simple things you call us to. To experience the the wholeness you desire for us. The healing. Salvation. Lord, I pray for the children who have received you as Lord and Savior this week. I pray for the ones that are among us that you'll give them courage to take a stand for you. Share with everyone how they're new, they're washed. And I pray for us who've been washed for some time that we never lose our fervor and passion for you, Lord, and your things. And that these simple stories remind us of great truths that we can't do things on our own. We need you. We are hopeless and helpless without you. We are utterly dependent upon you to do things that we cannot do for ourselves. Save our souls. Heal our bodies. Make us whole. In the power of your strong name we pray, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Let's look at this a little closer and answer that question. Why does God allow suffering in the world, in his world? And so as we look at this passage, I want you to first and foremost see that God uses your pain to bring you 
to himself. That's what he does for Naaman. God uses his pain. Now think about this for just a moment. It says in this passage we read that Naaman was highly regarded. Naaman was a great man. Naaman was the five-star general of Syria. And God allowed Syria to invade these other lands around him, including Israel, and to take them over. They were a little bit like a, a Syrian a terrorist in their day. And they would raid them. In one of their raids, they went in to Israel. And I'm quite sure they raided this young servant girl's house and family. And how would you respond if the one who was responsible for the murder of your friends and family now captured you and you were serving him in his house and his wife? And so you've got this huge contrast. We've got this Israelite young humble servant girl and this mighty man of valor from Syria. The one is a follower of God. One is not. And God is going to use the one who is a follower of God to reach the one who's not to become a follower of God. And why in the world would she ever want to, to reach the one who had caused her so much pain? We're going to get to that in just a moment. Before we get there, though, we want to look at why Naaman seeks out some help. You think about this for just a moment. He's on top of the world. He's got all the power, all the prestige, all the perks that a five-star general can receive. Yet one day he sees a spot. Leprosy. Leprosy in that day, a little bit like cancer in our day, that we hear that word, that dreaded C word, and we wonder what that means for us and in that day it meant similar to what cancer means in our day and so there was a desperation that begins to take place and he begins to look and search for all sorts of cures and he can't find any he can't do anything about his situation none of his money is going to buy him healing none of his power can command someone to heal him none of that really works in that sphere and so in our world we think well we're we're self-made men. We're self-made women. And yet we know even in Naaman's world, it wasn't he himself who brought about all of the blessings of his power and position. The Scripture says clearly that it was God who allowed him to win the victories over Israel. But for whatever reason, he's a proud, valiant warrior in desperate need of healing. He's up and out. In our day, it's hard to reach rich folks. You know it? It was in Jesus' day too. That's why he says it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to inherit the kingdom of God. Why is that? Because they're proud and they don't see their need. And you think, well, that's not me. I don't have to worry about that. But some of you, it is. You do have to be concerned. Did you get where you are simply by your good looks and your great brain and your great business skill and your great use of money and your own abilities? Or did God bless you and give you the things that he has given you? It's all found in the source of the one who gives every good gift, the Father of lights. You and I know that. 
And when we come to understand that He's just given us a bit for a short time to be stewards of, then life begins to work out. Naaman's not quite there yet. And in the middle of his household, when he's dealing with all of this, this young servant girl, who should have been bitter and angry and resentful toward him, has compassion on him. And tells her mistress, his wife, Naaman's wife, Oh, I wish he could know the prophet in Samaria. I wish he could know Elijah. I wish he could be whole. I wish he could be healed. He should go. And Naaman has no other avenue, no other place to turn. So he tells his king, and his king from Syria does what kings do. He sends all this money with him to try to appease the the king of Israel. And the king of Israel thinks he's trying to just stir up old hostilities and start a fight, pick a fight, and start that up again. And he says, who am I, God, that I can bring healing, that I can bring health, that I can cure this guy of leprosy? What in the world's going on here? And Elisha hears it, and Elisha looks at it as an opportunity to declare that there's a true prophet in Israel and there's a true God in Israel, and he's going to take full advantage of it. And he says, I can heal him. I can do something through the power of God. And so they send him to Elisha's house. Now think about this scene for just a moment. This, this great entourage with all these horses and all these uh, chariots and they show up outside of Elisha's little cabin and, and Elisha doesn't even have the audacity to, send, to come out himself. Instead, he sends a messenger out. He doesn't come and meet this great man, this highly regarded man from Syria, the, this five-star general himself. Now, Naaman's thinking, here's how it's going to take place. Elisha's going to run out of a smoke-filled tunnel, and the jets are going to fly over, and Beyonce is going to start singing, and, and Elisha's going to walk over the coals, and Elisha's going to charm some snakes, and then he's going to wave his hand. Maybe it doesn't say all of that, but it says something similar to that. And then I'm going to be healed of mine. My leprosy. But God doesn't work like we think he ought to work. In fact, many times in our pain, we can't even understand in the midst of it what God's trying to tell us. You have some spots. Even in our day, we think, Everything's going pretty well. Or maybe it's not. Maybe the spots are kind of glaring. And, and we get that health report. And we're coming to grips with our own mortality. Or we're in that marriage where we think it's falling apart and we can't do anything about it. Or our kids are, are going crazy and we seem to be so helpless in that situation. Or we have an addiction with, with alcohol we can't overcome or pornography or anger or whatever it is, and we, we think, how in the world can we deal with these spots? Maybe it's just a sense of guilt that lingers, or a sense of un, unhappiness, or a lack of love and acceptance that we need so desperately that we, we've been looking everywhere else except 
to the one true source and we've got spots. Don't we? Where do you go? The pain. Could it be? The suffering. The agony even if it's not to anyone else but to you. Could it be leading you back to Him or to the Lord Himself? It's what it does for Naaman. He comes. And as he comes to Elisha, he's insulted that Elisha doesn't come out himself. He's insulted because he thinks he's this great man that deserves better treatment. He's also insulted because of what Elijah says through the messenger. It's such a simple fix. Here he is. All of what God has been doing in the life of of Naaman is tearing down his pride. He does it with the leprosy itself. He does it as he sends him to Israel, which he thinks is an inferior people to himself. He does it with Elijah not coming out to him and paying him his respect. And the whole time... Then Elijah says, go dip in this dirty river Jordan. I've not been there. I'm going someday. One day I'm going to Israel to see this dirty river Jordan. I'm going to be baptized in that river too, just because that's what people who go to Israel do, not because I need to be baptized again, but just this dirty river. And he's got better rivers in Syria, Farpar and all those rivers. They're, They're better. How in the world could this be the fix? Could this be the solution? He's had enough. He's angry. He has this rage about him, which is Hebrew, for he's really ticked off. And then come his advisors. And they say, hey, if it was some great thing, you'd go do it, wouldn't you? If Elijah had said, climb to the top of Mount Everest and pick a little berry and come back here and chew on that berry and that had been so hard to do, you would have done it, wouldn't you? Or if Elijah said, go slay a dragon and bring me the toenails of that dragon, you would have done it, wouldn't you? Whatever it is. If it's some great thing, you would have done it. So why don't you just go and wash and be cured? We're already here. We're just a few miles from the Jordan River. Go do this simple thing. It's not that complicated and he does seven ducks in the dirty pond sounds like a hunting story doesn't it seven ducks seven dips in the Jordan River I wonder what he thought after dunk one dunk two Dunk six. What's Elijah talking about? And then dunk seven. What if he'd quit at dunk six? Dunk seven and he comes up and he's got no spots and his skin is like the skin of a young child. Women, how much do you pay to get rid of those wrinkles? You think about this for just a moment. Just seven dips in the Jordan River and he comes out with skin like a young child. It's a picture, isn't it? It's a beautiful picture of 
what Jesus does when we're born again. He makes us new. He takes our spots. He cleanses us. Makes us whole. Not because of what we've done. Not because of what we can earn. Not because of what we can buy. But because of what He's done. When we're washed in the precious blood of the Lamb, we come out with skin like a young child. Whole. New. Again. God uses the pain in our lives to bring us to Himself. Second thing I, I want you to see is this. God uses, that's personal. Now, God also uses the corporate pain. Our, our pain as the people of God, the things that go on in, in our lives to bring others, to bring others to faith in Him, to bring others to Him. And God uses this young girl in this situation in Naaman's household to lead this great man to faith. And I want you to see how she is a picture, a beautiful, wonderful picture of Jesus in the Old Testament. One of the, the clearest pictures of her suffering, her captivity is not caused by her in her own doing, her own choices, her own decisions. Someone else, Naaman specifically, has caused her pain, and yet she forgives him and brings about his salvation. She is the means of his salvation. He would have never known about Elisha had it not been a, this young, humble servant girl. And that's the picture of Jesus. Do you see? The picture of Jesus is this, that we are the ones who caused his suffering. And yet he's forgiven us on the cross. And by his wound. We're healed. He was pierced for our transgressions. Isaiah 53, 5 on the screen says it this way. He was pierced for our rebellion, crushed for our sins, bruised for our iniquities. Other versions says he was beaten so that we could be whole. He was whipped so that we could be healed. He took our place. That young servant girl led him to the man of God who led him to wholeness and healing. And that's where the Lord who's taken our place brings us as well. So the question is, what will you do? What will you be willing to go through so others might know Jesus? You know, it might take some embarrassment or scorn for standing up for Christ in different circles. That's really a small price to pay, is it not? It might take some, some financial sacrifice and giving in, in that area. I, one of the things that touched my heart of this week is one day our girls brought $303 to help starving children in India. And I, I saw those girls, and a couple of them brought bags of money, and, I, and they had a couple of $20 bills in those bags, and I thought, well, you, your mom and dad were generous to you, and they said, oh, no, this is our birthday money. They were sacrificing. This is what God has blessed us with. We want to help other people with that. I was touched by that. I was reminded of it. Am I willing to 
to limit myself or my own situation so other people might be taken care of and other people eventually might come to know Jesus and would I take some pain? Because that's, that's what happens when we forgive. And that's what had to happen with that little humble servant girl. She had to forgive Naaman before she could ever point him toward Elijah. Get over her own hurt and bitterness and the loss of her family and friends and her own people. And, and yet she did. And will we? Will God use whatever difficulty and pain that we've gone through when we let him use it for his glory because God never wastes a hurt he's always shaping us isn't he he's given us spiritual gifts and a heart and abilities and, and passions and personality but most of all he's given us experiences painful experiences and our best ministry comes from those painful experiences who better to help someone going through a divorce than someone been, who's been through a divorce. Who better to help someone heal from the pains of addiction than someone who's been healed from the pains of addiction? Who better to deal with whatever it is that's caused us pain than someone else who's gone through that? And then could we look at how God uses us. Because none of us are invincible. None of us have it all together. All of us are in this same boat. Broken. Scarred. Marred. By sin. And our choices. The wages of that sin, the scripture tells us, is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. So Naaman tries to buy his appreciation for what Elisha has done. He tries to give him all these gifts that the king of Syria, and Elisha will have none of it. He doesn't want to confuse the situation. Now, it wouldn't have been too improper, would it have been, for this man of God to receive those gifts, except Elisha wants everyone to know, you and I included, we can't buy God's favor. We can't buy God's healing. We can't buy salvation. It's a gift. It's grace. And it's by that grace through faith that we're saved. It's the gift of God, so none of us can boast. And you and I, now we've got this opportunity to dispense that grace on this world. What a difference it'd make with your oikos, with your people. If you were so touched, gripped, changed by the grace of God that you touch other people with His grace. Would you think about that right now as we pray? And I... I want to leave you with these two questions. Are you willing to go to any length to help those people? On your card, or in your life, or around you, to come to know the Lord, to come to know Jesus. 
Maybe you've never encountered Jesus in a real and personal way yourself. You stand before God. What are you going to say? Let me into heaven because I've been good or I've been philanthropic or generous or No. The only way is through the precious blood of Jesus. Children learned about that this week, but we as adults need to be reminded. We need Him. No matter who we are, what we've done, or how smart we are, how much education we have, or how much money we have, we need Jesus to heal our souls. Leprosy is just an indication of all those spots are just indications of the greatest spot. Sin on our souls. Only Jesus can wash it clean. You believe that? He died on the cross to forgive you of your sin. You choose from this day forward to follow him. If you've never made that public, I'd encourage you to do that. The best way to do that is through the public act of baptism. Maybe that's your next step. I know it is for a lot of children. But I also know it is for a lot of adults, too. If you've done that, the next step is to share that and find a way to, to be intentional about reaching the people God's given you. Passing it on to another generation. Our, our world, our world is only going to get changed through a, a spiritual awakening. It's not, the help is not going to come flying in on Air Force One. It's coming from the Lord. It's not going to be the tax situation or lack of it or whatever. It's going to be the price that's been paid for you and your soul and the difference that he makes. You believe that? If you don't believe it yet, would you be open to it at least? Consider it? Seek it. Seek to have your questions answered. And if you do believe it, ask yourself, what's the next step in my faith journey? Father, we come before you thankful for these moments to reflect on simple things. This simple story, name and being healed. Lord, we know we've all got trouble. We all want, to, want that trouble to be removed. But Father, there are times it is like Naaman's was, and there are times it's not. But whatever happens, we know your grace is sufficient for us, that you do things for us that we cannot do for ourselves. You give us the strength to endure. You give us 
and understanding of Your purpose, You give us at times healing. Oh, Father, help us come to grips with our dependence on You and Your free gift of grace and salvation and life eternal. Purpose. Joy. Peace. Hope. Oh, Jesus. All found in you. In your holy and precious name we pray.